you can execute this move, if you can execute this behavior under stress, under being tired, under being hungry, under being under the influence of other feelings, then you pretty much got it down. <laughs> then, you, then you probably narrowed what you want. But again, that's reflect, strategize, and execute. Welcome, you guys, to The Crossroads, the platform where we help you unlock your fullest potential by interviewing the stories of the most unique and accomplished individuals that we can find, whether that be in dance, entrepreneurship, creating, or music, or whatever you want to do, anything where individuals have been accomplishing amazing things and showing the world what they're capable of. And today we have a guest that has been on the show before, but today, I don't know if you're just a guest anymore. Welcome, Nico Castro Aguilar. What up, man? Dude, uh, it's an honor to be here, and it's even cooler to be behind the scenes. It's been really, really cool being a part of the Crossroads team and being a partner of this collective and this movement because for the most part, everything that I do, I'm usually on the front lines. It's like I'm either marketing myself for the sake of breaking opportunities, dance opportunities, DJ opportunities. And ever since the last interview here on the podcast, I went through so many transitions and you have too, and it's pretty nuts. So to be back and for us to just kind of relaunch this after so much eventful topics have occurred in the world, this is an appropriate time to connect with you, to connect as a team, to connect with the world, to connect with all creatives out there and all potential and future influencers. So yeah, let's 100%. get into it. A lot has happened. It's and crazy. I think we want to talk about that a little bit just because it has been almost over a month since we launched an episode and Within that month, a ton has changed. Needless to say, the last time we talked on air for the Crossroads was January. So that was the beginning of the year. So since then, a ton has changed. There's been an insane amount of altercations and path changes that have happened since then. So I do want to dive into that a little bit. I was listening to that last episode that we had together while I was on the way here. And what had just happened, I think or at least the things we were talking about was a lot about competitive breaking, mm. um, about you going to Red Bull BC1 national finals and also just the mentalities that go on and surround competition. And I feel like that has been one of the least of the things that we have been wow. touched or you have been like really in the last few months. So we're in very, very different places. Um, can we Can we start from, let's start from... Yeah, I, I want I wanted to hear what have been the biggest changes in the last few months for you. Yeah, dude. Let's just it, go for it. It was that podcast. I remember us going on the topic of being fully transparent and saying, you know, I got like 30 bucks in my checking account and nothing in savings. And it was that podcast and maybe one more by another friend from Calgary, Canada that interviewed me. And it was kind of along that same field she started a collective and she wanted to start building a podcast that interviewed unique individuals and future entrepreneurs and people in our age group right the 19 to 25 creative people who aspire to put out content like content creators and i was just in this hole i was in this deep hole of one burnout from competitive breaking I just got back from Taiwan at the time from competing at Taipei B-Boy City. And then before that, I was judging in Canada. Before that, I was, what was I doing? Um, and this was all this year? 
That was all to end of 2019. Okay. Last year. I was just doing a lot of battles and especially when I was coming down from BC1 national like BC1 USA. It was just so much momentum that I felt like I had to follow and I had to keep executing. But then I was getting a lot of poor results. I was either losing in the first round or I'd climb to the finals, say in Switzerland, and I'd end up losing. Um, I wasn't producing any of the wins that I wanted. I was getting life experiences because it was like, whoa, I'm living my dreams right now. And just the idea of traveling every single weekend sounds super foreign at this point to any of us. But I was just fully 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 investing myself into the craft of competitive breaking and then once things settled down it was the holidays and i wanted to chill from battles and just really really hone in on the craft hone in on teaching students hone in on djing and juggling everything else i was just in this period of overwhelm and i was just burnt out i needed some time to recalibrate rethink my values and i think one of the biggest things which made the biggest transition in the beginning of the year was learning basic money management, right? Because if I was to be investing or as I was investing all my time into competitive breaking, that means I wasn't focusing on money. I was focusing on leaving a legacy and building social equity in this industry so I can get more opportunities and also just honing in on the art of battling. So that was really, really fun as it was, but it sucked traveling across the world and being there and having to budget so hard and not even knowing how to budget and not having money. Right, because social equity on its own does not pay the bills. It does not. And as we get older, and I'm super thankful to have a support system that allowed me to invest that much of my time into competitive breaking and invest so much of my time into just being a creative. It just gave me some leeway and it gave me some sense of comfort to do that but i want to contribute to the family i want to contribute to the household that i live in and i can't do that if i don't know how to keep at least like a thousand bucks in my bank account so the lot like going back to that last point at that previous podcast i didn't know how to budget i didn't know how to handle my money so probably for the first two months from january to february of 2020 i made a huge three like huge 180 into watching finance videos on youtube figuring out how to budget my money how to take care of my money how to appropriately save um out of curiosity i listened to one and a half real estate agent to real estate investing books and learning how valuable creating measurable systems in your craft if that's real estate because i don't want to be a real estate agent i was just curious because their systems and their form of it's like they're really personal branding their personal branding their business and they bet big so they can win big in the market and industry that they're in so being in this freelance and entrepreneur lifestyle of being the modern day b-boy b-girl breaker then we have to figure out how to budget we need to figure out how to create measurable systems in your life so you can create measurable goals and achieve measurable results um so yeah that was probably the beginning of 2020 and things were going great um all the time that i put forth into competitive breaking in 2019 it was nicely 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 manifesting into this year i had tours set up i was supposed to go on a three-week european tour 
from Slovenia to Switzerland um, and more parts of Switzerland at the end of the year. I intended to go back to the notorious IBE in the Netherlands. Um, I was supposed to go to Japan at the end of the year and go to Singapore again for Radical Force. Same. And we basically had the whole lineup of international breaking events to go to. Um, but then, of course, this thing, this illness, COVID-19, in, the case, yeah, in the case that we want to monetize this podcast, if it's on YouTube, we can't say that word. Really? Yeah. I learned it from the Graham Whoa. Stephan show. He doesn't mention that word. He'll just refer to it as an illness because you your video will be demonetized. That's crazy. Seriously? Yeah. They'll demonetize you for saying yeah. the name of the Saying the name of this what the heck? thing that's going on okay, that's well, affected the whole world. I mean, I don't really mind not monetizing this episode, but Tight. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I said it already. Like, uh, it's there. And I don't mind losing a few cents. And that's just insane. Why Why would they do that? Anyway, that's that's. I don't want to talk about yeah. why, but okay, yeah, this has happened. Clearly, this illness has happened. And yeah, I want to continue hearing how, about how that's impacted you. Because it's something that everybody in the world is going through right now. And that's yeah. not something you can always say. Um, fuck it. COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. Why? Corona. How has how this, this impacted you yeah. specifically? Um, with deep empathy towards everyone that's been negatively affected. Um, yeah, it hurts my heart knowing that people have been impacted heavily on my side i've been blessed enough to have made that transition in the beginning of the year to really manage my streams of income really diversify in what i want to do because it's not just competitive breaking that i was invested in from 2018 june of 2018 that was when i started building i started working for the pro breaking tour and started doing gig type jobs for stands and diversifying just within the craft of breaking working on the project management side i also had flavor springs to dj with so in addition to competitive breaking which didn't really make any money right just kind of provides social equity and builds credibility to do and pursue those other avenues within the breaking culture um it provided me judging opportunities provided me abilities to yeah again work in the project management field of this industry whether that's with stance um doing things with red bull adidas coachella even and also having flavor springs in the dj side of things to do as well as teaching under what was formerly known as break 58 my personal llc where i was teaching private lessons to students at clients homes or at the living room of my girlfriend's parents house but then eventually, because at the time I didn't know how to manage my money again, it turned into breaking with Nico because I had to terminate the business. And then eventually, with this partnership in the crossroads, I wanted to start building a movement and dance department and take all the failures that I learned from terminating a business to hopefully providing and building a sustainable one with within the crossroads. So I started that one called crossroads move so thanks for the opportunity yes, sir and, and that's also a big reason why i'm excited to do this episode because i think this is the first time that we're actually speaking it into officiality yeah but nico you are officially a partner in the crossroads which is insane to say because when i started this in october um just as it was kind of a project slash excuse post college to continue my education and mm -hmm. just be able to have a platform hey i have this podcast called the crossroads and i interview people on it and 
it'd be great to have you on. At the same time, I'm also getting an opportunity to interview and talk to people that I admire. Mm-hmm. You're good. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's just been it's just been amazing, and being able to bring guests on at your caliber who are willing to share their stories with everybody and the world has been insane and now that we have talked more and more you're finally you're on board yeah and i i'm beyond honored and humble thank you very much for for being a part of this man it's 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 really something and that's just one thing of many that has happened this year like it's, yeah. it's 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 still insane to me that i can say this um but there's still a lot more that we have to cover so much so i'll let you continue your story so you changed break with nico into crossroads move and um what else has happened since then um since then and that was just probably what the first two months of the year in addition to the tours and travels and almost every weekend of traveling set up and money management that was probably the biggest change um change in terms of not just the numbers of what's in my bank account because to be honest i'm still making probably a minimum wage but i'm doing what i love right compared to being like 30 bucks in my checkings i'm making progress and it just went through so many years of being oblivious and being in denial of wanting to look at my bank account making impulse purchases of cookies but i think i can segue from that um but since then Oh my goodness. I want to ask you yeah, about you. some specific things that you did for money management because I remember that was something that you were really struggling with. Right. And also, you touched on the topic, and I don't think this is something that people just say, but because you have this experience, you are a credible voice in it as being being a competitive breaker. Um, the biggest form of value you can draw from that is not necessarily making money from it, but it's the, the social exposure you can get from battling right because if you're trying to become a full-time competitive breaker which i know that's a lot of that's something that a lot of people are actually going for Mm -hmm. i think that's definitely a huge uphill battle financially right um and i want to hear some things about navigating that world from you because i'm not ruling that out as a career especially with i mean olympics hopefully formulating right and and creating more opportunities but in the present day Mm -hmm. it is definitely a huge challenge Mm-hmm. to to take this on as a full-time career which people are still doing it, and i respect those people because if you can do this i feel like there's not really any other type of industry you right. can go into that is so what's the word challenging difficult mm-hmm. and a god level video game difficulty right so <laughs> yeah. i want to hear about your experience navigating that and hopefully people listening who are artists struggling and and, and looking to to do this full-time yeah take from it let's hear some of those resources that have helped you navigate that yeah i kind of touched on it a little bit but if i can put it into words that can hopefully benefit any creator or any creative that wants to live full-time doing what they love you have to diversify your streams of income you have to diversify your skills you have to diversify everything that you do to hopefully no to confidently improve and hone in on your craft. So if you wanna be a competitive breaker, in order to be one of the best competitive breakers, and you can see it by the people that are doing it, you have to diversify your skills. You have to get good, not just 
okay, but you have to get good. And it's going to take resilience. It takes a lot of consistency. It takes a lot of trials, a lot of freaking YouTube university tutorials and just so much research, whether that's learning the entire platform of Adobe Creative Cloud, learning Illustrator, learning how to brand yourself, learning how to record yourself, learning how to edit videos. And of course, these don't have to be full length documentaries, but you have to be conscious of everything in your space to amplify that one thing you want to hone in on. So again, it's diversifying all of your skills. Because let's be real, as I mentioned before, as a competitive breaker in 2019, I didn't win anything. I didn't, but I got to live my dreams competing at one of my dream events. I got to compete at BC1 USA. I got to battle in the same bracket as some of my heroes, right? I see Ives, like I've been watching that guy on YouTube since like 2012 and I think he is phenomenal. Right. And to be able to match up and make it to the finals of him, it's like, what the, <laughs> that's yeah, freaking crazy. Yeah, and just crazy. the whole bracket in general. Exactly, so, Morris, insane. Little Rock, seeing them in the beginning of the brackets, like, oh my goodness. I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> Battling Luca. Dude, I was watching his YouTube videos when I first started. I'm a part of the YouTube generation. I geek out on that stuff. But anyways, diversify your skill set. Like, I'm not the greatest competitive breaker, but I know how to hone in on myself. I know how to hone in on my story. I know how valuable accepting all of your insecurities, embracing all of your adversities and sharing that with the world because there's someone out there that's going to relate to you. Embracing your story for the good and the bad is probably one of the most valuable things you can do in not only gaining the social equity for job opportunities, but connecting with people, right? It's like you can be one of the most talented dancers to ever exist. I have so many friends that are freaking amazing that should be on that world stage of breaking, of performing, of teaching but they haven't diversified their skills so people can see them. There's so many unheard voices that have so many talented assets, so many talented moves, have so many talented crafts, but they're not heard because they don't understand the language of the platforms that they're on, right? That goes back to all the Gary Vee stuff that we've learned in his videos and his content is that you have to understand the language that you're speaking on. Like, let's get a little technical. If you go on your camera, if you go on your iPhone, right? Whether you have an iPhone 6, iPhone 3 still, that's still a powerful tool. If you have a flip phone that has a camera, that's still a powerful tool. It's just learning the language and learning how to message within that platform. And that's something that Kai has done successfully on a platform like TikTok. In the last, within a year, Kai's been able to rack up, what, 60,000? I think I might've hit 60,000. Yeah, like 60,000 followers real followers not buying anything organic followers i'm saying like he's connecting with the world with so many kids inspiring so many kids because he knows how to speak in their language right if you're on instagram and you are expecting to see like a 30 to 17 second clip of either you dancing you singing or you doing something most people aren't really expecting to see a horizontal video shot from the ground in black and white low lighting at night with <laughs> some really, really grainy audio and some caption that doesn't have any valuable meaning to it that can hopefully connect with someone else. You have to know 
how to message and how to speak to your audience. And if you don't know what your audience is, that goes back to understanding and trying to figure out what is your reason why? What are your priorities? Like, who is it that you're speaking to? And how do you want to speak to yourself, right? How do you want to represent your brand? How do you want to represent yourself? So whether that's diversifying your skill set to be, what's the word? Versatile. Versatile within social media or diversifying your skills to be good in the project management and throwing events section of this industry, or you want to be in the music portion of this industry, you have to understand DJing, you have to understand the lingo, you have to understand the expectations that each of these audiences are speaking. So in order for me to become the breaker I am, whether that's a competitive breaker, whether that's being a business owner, whether that's being a director of a project that Kai and I, or anything that I'm working on, I have to diversify my skill sets so I know what the heck B-roll means. So I have to know what type of lens he's using. I have to know how he's framing something. I have to understand why the DJ's picking this kind of music. Is this a top 40 club? Or is this a place where I can play experimental and progressive sounds, right? So it's really, really understanding understanding the language that your platform is in. 100%. Yeah, that's the medium is the message. And on top of that, you said something really important that I think transcends all of the technicalities, which is understanding what your message is, right? Yeah. Understanding your why in the first place. And this is not an easy question to answer. No, it's not. But (laughs) it is definitely one of the most important questions you can continue to pursue throughout your entire life. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, I think both of us, you put me on the Gary V. Loki, mm-hmm. um, listening to what he's saying. And he's giving all of this advice. He says the same thing. And Simon's next says the same thing with the golden circle. Find your why is make sure you understand your message. Because once you understand what you're trying to say in the first place, then however you experiment with the medium and the form, um, that is important as well. But that's like the framework to your, your soul, right? Yeah. Because once you have and identify your soul and you're speaking some sort of truth that people need to hear. However you say that and however you continue to persevere and experiment in saying that message, it's going to exist. That truth exists somewhere already. Mm-hmm. So as you continue to just try to try different mediums, you know, like make sure you understand TikTok and and why people will continue to watch what you're saying. You also have to understand like what the significance behind it is in the first place. Yeah. So, so how is sorry to interrupt. How is your process in finding your why? It's um it's like you I remember I asked you this question in the last podcast and you were like I still haven't found it. I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. It's it's a similar story for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that because it's it's not solid yet like I can't hold it in my hands. Mm. But I'm happy as I am currently because it's been more tangible than it ever has been. And I'm lucky to say that. And the way I kind of came about that, um, it's been a long process because this concept was probably introduced to me in college. I didn't even know that what a why was. It's not a concept that I understood. I was like just going through life, you know, trying to become something, Mm -hmm. trying to fit into a role in life. You know, I was like, all right, I finished college. Um, Now it's time for me to pick a, a major or something that will help me build into some sort of career that I need to fit in. I need to be a cinematographer or a director, I need to fit into one of these roles. That was what I thought the point of life was, you know, find mm. the find the role and sit in it. And I think that's what a lot of people still do, you know, because that's right. kind of how general education likes to, to feed us into the machine and, and then place us and compartmentalize us into a cog that fits right. the society, right? But 
um, that's there's nothing wrong with that because that's necessary. You need to have those tangible mm-hmm. and and physical um, per- parameters. But at the same time, once I was understood, and I I think Logan was actually one of the first people who mm. who kind of really broke this idea down on social media, and she was like talking about your why, and it was in her profile for the longest time. I'm like, what is that? And so I started looking into it, and I also came across Simon Sinek. Um, I mentioned him earlier, but he's an author and a speaker, very much an advocate about finding your why and telling your story. Hmm. Because um, I have explained this on podcasts before, and people have as well, but I want to just reiterate what the golden circle is. It's uh, just imagine a circle, right? There's three rings to it. And the, out- the rings signify your what, which is the outermost. The middle is your how, which is the middle ring. And the innermost core is your why. So all three are important. But he, he, he mentions in his TED Talk that a lot of companies, when they are trying to create something, they start with the outermost ring, which is the what. And the what is usually like what you're pitching. It's the video or the product. It's your computer. It's your bottle. It's your shirt. You know, like they start with the product and like, all right, we need to sell a shirt, right? And that's, all, that's what a lot of people do when they try to start a company. Mm-hmm. or a, a, a clothing brand. They're like, all right, we just need a shirt. You know, we, Now, what are we going to put on it? So they start with the shirt and the medium, and then they think about the how. Like, how are we going to make it? Oh, we just need to, um, we need to have some text, and we need, to, we need to hit up a printing shop. And they think about the logistics, about how they're going to make it come to life. And then later, think about, I'm not sure if they even think about the why sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. that might not even come to them. And it works. Like, you can make a printing shop and a company and a clothing brand without the why, but think about the opposite. Let's, let's talk about, um, he, he mentions the analogy of Apple, which mm-hmm. is one of the companies that really started with their why. They believe that they should have products that serve the consumer um, as, as concisely and as clearly as possible so that they can create their, make their visions come true. Hmm. That's the reason why I think Apple has such end-to-end um, production of their products and make it as smooth for the user as possible as opposed to Microsoft who believes that people should have more freedom within their products. So right. that's their mission statement. Then they go about how they're going to create their computer and that's mm. the reason why that their their product is so unified and it makes sense to everybody. Yeah. And that why when you look at an Apple product or a, Apple branding everything comes into one because they understand their why. So I hope that Ramble has significance to it. Did that make did that, yeah, did yeah, that help? Yeah, that makes okay. complete sense. Excellent. Yeah, so I mean, I didn't even talk about my why yet, but I just <laughs> wanted to break down the importance of it. Yeah. So once I started to understand this concept, then I was like, okay, what do I have right now? What do I believe in? What, what are the things in my life that I care about that interest me? Mm. And what are the, commona- the commonalities between them? Why do I like these things? Mm-hmm. I've never really asked myself that question. Why do I like breaking? Why do I like drawing? Why do I like creating movies and stuff? And I thought about the way I kind of dissected that was I, th- I thought about what I felt when I saw these things and when I experienced these things. I remember when I, I think it starts from like anime and like ca- cartoons. Like, why did I like watching cartoons? Why did I like making cartoons? Right. And I remember it was that stimulation every time I went. It was that feeling I got when I watched these, these shows or these, these, these anime um, that I would get this feeling of overcoming and... And feeling inspired and ready to take on the enemy, you know, like being being thrown in a low place and then getting that, that adrenaline to be able to, to take on the challenge, right? And I, I think I noticed the same things were in breaking as well when I got in because 
one, it's not easy. You kind of have to figure out your way to, to learning these super acrobatic moves and overcoming the barrier of what you thought was physically possible before because I didn't think breaking was physically possible until I saw it. Mm. And how am I going to turn this into something I can do? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, how am I going to bring this into a battle and show them that I can overcome? You know, and not just the person, but myself. Right. Right. So I, I was thinking about that. I was like, okay, so these are things I really, these are the things that get me going. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that feeling of overcoming and that, that emotion, right? And that helped a lot in the last few months and years, specifically like the last two years in helping formulate my why. And there's a lot more to that. And I feel like I, I won't, I'll spare you guys all the details because I've been talking for a while, but I have come to, I've actually come to a point where I'm able to write down my why in a sentence, in a phrase. And I write this down as many times as I possibly can in my journal um, because I'm trying to basically condense it and refine it into a small process, kind of like how you have lived your life on your own terms. Right. That's your, that's, I I don't know if that's changed at this point, but mine is kind of like, I write all the time, show them what we're truly capable of. Whoa. That's my why. And that has been helping, that's been helping me drive all of my content, all Mm -hmm. of my decisions and it's been great just having that, even though it may not be exactly what I want. Whenever I say that, I feel it. I'm like, all right. Um, it might just be words to somebody else, but I guess the process that it's taken me to get to that phrase is significant. And it's probably one of the most important things to me mm-hmm. because if I'm trying to show them what we're truly capable of, that means that when I'm creating a piece of content, like a TikTok, I'm like, all right, how can I, sh- how can I show them? Mm-hmm. Now I have, I have the innermost core, right? Now I, now I have the ring. How can I show them what I'm truly capable, wow. what we're truly capable of? Yeah. And that's, that's a mission statement that I want to be able to share with everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Because... I think a lot of us deal with that type of in- insecurity and self-doubt mm-hmm. every day, every day. When I want to make something, I'm like, I don't know if it's going to be good enough. I don't feel good. Uh, I remember in our last podcast, you we were talking about how, and it was, it was to the point of the cell phones and the tools that we have that are more than good enough to create a story and share online. Right. But we need to have that core within ourselves to even have the confidence yes. and the mission to create those things. So, so making sure that your why is, is as solid as possible yeah. by asking yourselves those questions and really evaluating why things matter to you are going to help you come to that crossroads. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think that'll, I hope that that gives some actionable advice to everybody. Um, journal why you think these things are important to you and continue to, to evaluate yourself. And once you have found that and the more you have come to that conclusion, then the easier it will be for you to do anything else. Well said. And to that point, since I've been in this craft and investing time into this craft for almost 12 years now, for anyone that's still searching for that why, I just want to let you know it takes time. For some people, it comes right away. And for some people, it, take, it takes a lot of time. It takes either journaling, however you operate, it takes meditating, it takes time and it's not something that someone can tell you to do it's just a matter of configuring it yourself yep it's not something that people will hold your hand to do because it's your why yeah you know exactly and i i I hate that answer or that when people say that they're like you got to figure it out yourself like fuck like why am i even listening to you in the first place like (laughs) i need your advice and and so there is to an extent yes you it is something that you have to figure out on your own but by listening to how other people did it and by hearing examples, at least that's how I like to learn, by right. hearing examples yeah, and yeah, how yeah. other people have navigated their lives 
it helps immensely. That's why I love listening to biographies, actually. Mm. Because it, you, you can really, like, by listening to the span of a person's life and how they got to where they are, um, the biography often covers what they believe in. Right. And I think if you see these parallels, you can... Eat, that's why that's why protagonists are so great because you can identify with them. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, you know? You find yourself in other people that you admire. Yeah. And by modeling them and taking and stealing like an artist, figuring out what those things are that you resonate with, that is how you are going to help find your conclusion. So that's that's I hope that's um, helpful advice as well. Yeah, it's on that thought that you just got to see as many opinions as possible so you can form your own, mm-hmm. right? In the end, you have to form your own opinion, but that can only be helped and assisted by seeing other perspectives and what resonates with you most and what are the things that that are common like those commonalities and then you can figure out what speaks to you the most so a formula that's been helping me that i've been able to put down in words is if i want to achieve something if i want to develop into something if i want to narrow something down i have to take the time with these three steps and one of them is just to reflect Right For you, that might be journaling. For you, that might be meditating in silence. For you, it might be dancing. For you, it might be painting, sketching. And just through reflection, allow yourself to feel all the feelings that this thing gives you. After that, take a moment to strategize. These might happen in spans of minutes, spans of days, spans of weeks, etc. After that moment of reflection, take the time to strategize. Break everything down. Whether it's a move, right? This is almost the exact, this is the exact formula that I take when cleaning a sequence of movements and breaking, right? I reflect, I strategize, so I break everything down from beginning, middle, and end. I dissect it. If I'm gonna jump into a baby freeze, I have to understand not only the jump and the landing in the baby freeze, I have to understand how my calves, how my toes flex and bounce off of the floor how it feels like to safely land and reduce impact on that catch, how to appropriately get into that baby freeze. I'm strategically figuring out how to break this down so then I can put it all together in the end. And that last step after reflect, strategize, it's execute relentlessly, right? You won't be able to feel the full limits of whatever that move, sequence, pattern, goal that you're reaching is unless you do it relentlessly. Right? There's going to be adversities that come in your life. If you, can do ex- if you can execute this move, if you can execute this behavior under stress, under being tired, under being hungry, under being under the influence of other feelings, then you pretty much got it down. <laughs> then, you, then you've probably narrowed what you want. But again, that's reflect, strategize, and execute. And I think that can be applied to almost everything in life. Yeah, definitely. I, I like... I mean, all of them are really important points, but I think that's something that we're not always touching on is the idea of reflection. Yeah. I know definitely before I started meditating and journaling, which by the way, are two huge actionable tips that I would recommend to anybody who are trying Mm -hmm. to find their why or themselves is um, the act of reflection is not something that we, we understand always the significance of. I know I didn't um, just because everyone is a different type of thinker I personally have identified myself as a more of a future thinker, a forward thinker, right? Mm. Always thinking about what's coming next. What am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to, what's next after this task? I'm not, I was never really even in the task. It was more like trying to figure out instead of, instead of how I was going to get the move of windmill. Like I wasn't in the move of windmill. I was thinking about how the footage is going to look. And then when I was watching the footage, how I was going to do the move, you know, I was always a step ahead. And that didn't allow me to, to be in the present or 
in the past for that matter because you ask me uh i still have this problem but i often forget what i have for like breakfast yeah the same okay. day so that goes know? into the next question i wanted to ask <laughs> with this thinking pattern or this personality of being a forward thinker are there pros and cons to this oh yeah because i think i'm the same way there's oh, very, yeah. like very oftentimes i forget to be present i forget to be grateful for the place that i'm in Oftentimes, if you look at my Instagram captions, I talk about being present. I talk about being there in the moment. And it resonates with a few people for the responses I get. But for the most part, I'm talking to myself. Really? Yeah, because mm. I, I have anxiety. I, mm. I battle with this idea of thinking so much in the future. So, yeah, I want to ask, for you being a forward thinker, are there pros and cons to this? I've, I've begun to identify them because I've talked and I've actually had conversations in college with people who are the opposite, you know, people who like to live in the past and in the mm. future and, and people that like to live in the moment and the moment. Yeah. There yeah. are people who are just happy go lucky and yeah. they only in the future. I mean, I'm sorry, in the present and there are pros to every single one of them, but there are just as many cons, right? Yeah. Um, and just to preface this, you don't have to be just one. Ideally you want to be all of them. Yeah. Right. Because, um, if you're a future thinker, like I said, you forget about what you did easily. That's why I'm always thinking about what I did. I think a lot of the anxiety you might get, and I also probably empathize the same, is because we don't feel like we're doing enough. Because I think yeah. we often forget what we did, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're always thinking about what's next. And we forget to build on what has already, what we've already accomplished. Mm-hmm. And also just re- remembering to enjoy yeah. the current moment, you know? Um, I, I think I have learned a lot about being more present by doing the podcast actually because it's helped me to listen right and something that i've had to battle with throughout this podcast and i'm sure you can hear it in the in the earlier episodes and maybe still hear it is that a lot of times i'll, I'll spend the week researching the guest and so i am already well, i mean i'm research is good right don't don't get me wrong um but i bring i write the questions down and i have like this list of questions and often I'll bring the questions into the interview, and while the que- while the guests are as- or are answering their the questions I've given them already, I'm often thinking about the other questions I have for them mm. while they're talking, and that's not good because then you're not being present and listening and actually reciprocating and synthesizing what they're saying, because mm-hmm. um, then you're th- you're thinking about the next great question you have as opposed to reflecting against what they are reflecting with what they're saying. Right. So I don't think that's um, a great tactic. And the reason why is just because I've, I've noticed that I haven't been fully able to to give back to what they were saying to me yeah. all the time. And and also that a tactic to combat that is just don't look at the questions when you're there mm-hmm. um, and be 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 just receptive and listen. Right. And, so how do yeah. you think how valuable do you think listening is? Especially, I don't know, maybe this time politically in the world, how valuable listening is when it comes to the podcast, how valuable listening is when it comes to learning. Like, how's your experience been being present on this topic and really honing in on listening? So if I can provide some reference, like one thing on my side is working in so many projects and one update that was super significant that I didn't talk about is that my family owns a vape shop. (laughs) <laughs> and that's kind of where we're sitting right now. This place is called Orbit Vape. And this is not a plug. We, we're located on Convoy Street in San Diego, kind of like in the hub of Asian fusion restaurants and yeah, of San Diego, really bomb food around here, but we own a vape shop. 
I don't vape. No one in the family vapes, but all of us are entrepreneurs and all of us are about business. We had this connect that previously had this vape shop since 2012. Um, we found this avenue and ended up like taking a loan. We were like, yo, let's take this. All of us are on our own creative endeavors. So let's figure out how we can build something together. Okay, this is where I'm going. And in my work experience, whether that was through the breaking world, teaching lessons, working at a retail shop, working in the food service business for like my first summer jobs, right? Working at a smoothie shop, working with different teams, working in a warehouse, yada, yada, yada. There's a deep sense of listening that you have to do in order to get a team moving. One of the greater challenges I've been facing in this family business is being with a family. I love every single person in this family to my heart. This is why I'm here. This is why I'm doing it. I'm, I want to build something with my family. But with family, there also means feelings. Feelings plus business is not a good thing. Egos plus business is not a good thing. Listening is important. <laughs> Communication is important. So listening has been a huge part of my life in these past 32 days we've been open in terms of building the storefront. For the most part, we're excelling. We're doing great. Like this place, if you're watching this over YouTube, this place used to be painted blue with some very interesting murals that didn't feel like us. I appreciate the artwork that was here before. Um, the layout of it was very, uh, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel like us. But in order for us to get this moving, to get new flooring, to get the storefront to where it is in the past 32 days, it took a huge amount of communication, listening, empathy of other people's feelings, and there were hiccups along the way. So I've come to learn that listening is super valuable. It's so valuable because it's just one thing that bothers one person. And if they put that into the whole game of business, that will mess everything up. And if you don't talk about something now, like some people see it as squashing beef. Some people tell it as I'm just letting you know, right? So in your time as running this podcast, how important is listening to you? Um, I think in the context of what we're talking about, listening is very synonymous with presence, honestly, mm. because, um, well, I guess I'll get under it out a little bit here. I'm not sure if you've watched The Last Airbender, but there is a, it's, it's a show with, the avatar and he has a master four elements and save the world and um the reason I, I bring this up is because in order to find the right master i am re-watching it so that's why i'm using this analogy but ang who's the main character has to find an earthbending master and he's there's a there's there's advice that he's given he says your master is going to be one who waits and listens and the character that mm -hmm. he ends up finding um this isn't so much of a spoiler because it's been out for 12 years come on guys but um he ended up finding a master named Toph and Toph is actually this 12 year old blind girl um and this, she's the master that Aang's been looking for because what she does is in the ring when she's fighting she's blind so people obviously underestimate her but she sees with her feet she basically sees with sensing and listening waiting wow. and listening and so by by being completely present even with a missing sense she's able to to completely return what is being given to her. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's a, a pretty beautiful analogy just because you don't need to always be active and doing something to be present. In fact, it's almost the opposite hmm. because um, while someone is telling you something or you're learning something new, even if you're in, cla if you're in a classroom, 
and you notice that you're doing if you're ever doing a second thing while you're trying to learn or trying to or someone's trying to tell you something you're not going to absorb it nearly as much as you would just be like sitting and listening um so it's the key to growth honestly i think that's that's definitely one of the biggest things that has helped me improve faster is understanding how to focus uh, that that comes through meditation, I think, and mm-hmm. and being able to just practice presence, being able to just practice list, focusing on the most basic fundamental thing, that might seem mundane to ninety nine percent of people, which is just your breath, and sitting there and closing your eyes and just breathing, for fifteen minutes and not thinking about anything else, but just trying to focus on your breath. It's super hard if you've never done this before, because yeah. in our society we're always stimulated. We're always looking at a phone. We wake up. We look at our phone which is like this device into the whole world. It's like waking up and staring at the sun, Mm -hmm. um, but it's like for your brain. So it's just overload of information. And but the second we're at the door, you know, we're eating breakfast while we're looking at our phone, we're driving, we're listening to to music. Something's always stimulating us. You know, we're just, uh, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast. He's like, we're basically just like drugged on something all all the time. Wow. Right. And so um, I don't blame kids and younger people like us for not being able to have that ability to just simply sit and listen. Mm -hmm. But you'll notice that if you do practice it and and you do actually just try to focus on what you're learning, that things will come a lot faster. And not only will you be able to empathize with people who are you talking to, Mm -hmm. but the information in general that you're absorbing will be so much more saturated and, and easy to, to remember and, and retain within your your muscles and your your brain. So, um, I mean, I don't know how to quantify how important listening yeah. is, but it is definitely a key to growth. I'll I'll, I'll just break it down into those there lines. You go. Listening is a key to growth. The key to growth. Wow. Dang. Okay. So diving a little deeper on this area of being present, as you mentioned with that Joe Rogan reference, like it's kind of we're all in this. We're in the matrix. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on this drug. We're in the matrix of just feeling like we have to go all the time and this feeling of just doing so many things. So we feel like we're not lazy or we're not busy when we feel like we need to be busy. Mm-hmm. It's not sustainable, right? If being so occupied by thinking so much of the future, it's unsustainable, which equals burnout. That's why I want to talk mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. burnout. Um, how do you deal with burnout and how's your experience been with burnout? Right. I definitely want to talk about this too with you. Um, I mean, it's been real. I don't know. I think in one way or another, I'm sure most people uh, in this time of a pandemic, am I allowed to say that? Am I allowed to say pandemic? <laughs> Is that, sure. Does that also get demonetized? Um, but anyway, yeah, in this time of pandemic and all of the social chaos that's been happening with black lives and all of these different things, um, there, I think everyone has experienced some sort of overload. Uh, we should all be able to relate to this in this current moment. And I definitely have. When COVID first started, I remember just having that that being the perfect excuse for me to just stay home and do nothing because it was kind of, kind of like the government giving right. you permission you're like okay just stay home and do nothing i'm like all right i'll do that so i i did that for i think maybe two or three weeks and i i consider that burnout because i didn't want to do anything i didn't feel driven mm-hmm. and i felt bad about it um i was like damn I, I don't have any i don't remember i don't have that fire i used to when i first got out of school 
because it's been exactly one year since I've been out of school. Yeah. Um, and straight up, I have not had, I've not held a, a job, a full-time job since I've been out of school. I've been freelancing, mm-hmm. but that all got shut down as well when the world got shut down. So right. pretty much just been homeless. Well, not homeless. I, I, I've been fortunate enough to stay with my mother and not really creating like a, a, a what's the word? Consistent source of income. Mm-hmm. And that definitely, um, that's a whole nother topic. But on top of all that, I wasn't even working to get anywhere with burnout. And it's hard. I, I think that I don't have the, I don't currently have a great answer um, to solving burnout. But what I can say that I did that I think helped me get me back on my feet was taking a step back and continuing to try to do what I know I should be doing. Right. Mm. And that takes discipline. But if if you kind of identify what you should be doing in order to get to the place that you want to get to, because everybody has different goals, but right. remembering what your original and initial dreams are and why you wanted it goes back to the why. Yeah. Why you want that lifestyle. Um, because, you know, most of us want shiny things. We want a car. I want a car. Um, you know, like I want a house. I want I want nice clothes, but never really ask myself why that was. And then I think think about why I want to have a higher position and being able to work with people that I want to, like you. You know, you were definitely one of the people that I was like, one day I want to be able to work with that guy. You know, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Thank you. I've always wanted to work with you. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. So it's it's like stuff like that, and then remembering why I wanted to work with them, and and, and it comes down to remembering why the work you're putting in is worth it. Mm. So. That, that comes in all shapes and forms. I'm not as informed on this topic because I think burnout is a whole other thing that's hard to talk about and touch on as a subject. Um, it takes a lot of recooling and recharging, yeah. right? And just being able to take to get away from what you are burnt out from and trying to divert your attention into other things for a while so you can reset and recalibrate. So, I mean, that's that's all I've got on that. I do want to ask you about your sense on this because I know you face burnout a lot, especially with all the things you've been doing. Let me let me just break it down for the audience real quick. Yeah. What you have been up to, and I'm sure you can t- touch on this more, but, I mean, Nico, for like the last month and a half, two months, has been has been creating a schedule of waking up at like 5.45 a.m. to train. And this was before the shop opened up. So now that he has this shop, he's here most of the day. So he has to make sure that everything he else he's been doing is is compartmentalized before and after the day. So he's got this schedule that goes from like 5 a.m. to like, a, what time do you guys close? Like 9 something? Nine. But then you close, I'm sure you don't leave here till like 10 or something. So you get home yeah. at 11 and you're asleep probably at 12 and you start it all over again. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I didn't think about that until I talked about it. So how has how that, that been for you, bro? Like how has burnout been? In, Unsustainable. In <laughs> I've gone through multiple burnout periods, whether it was like the end of 2019 and I was on that competitive, no money management craze and that led to a lot of burnout. And then making that 180 in January of 2020 and then like restructuring my life and it felt a lot better. Now that the pandemic happened, having that feeling of feeling permission to work from home when I was already working from home was like, all right, I'm on my shit. This is good. I'll continue to train. If there was a battle, like if like Corona didn't exist and we had a battle the next day, I'm ready for the next international competition. Much more grounded, higher technical 
combos, moves, level of freestyling. That, that's the stuff that I geek out and that I really, really think about is improving in that field just because I love it so much. But maximizing that time from 5.45 until 8 a.m. and then connecting with family for maybe an hour, hour and a half before they start working at home too. And then teaching a class from 12 to 1.45, teaching a second class from 2 o'clock until 3.30 and then getting in some TikToks, working on Stance Radio, and probably calling it a day after that. And then the next day rolling through the same thing, sleeping at 10, and getting like, what, a full decent sleep, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, that's seven hours. So during this permission to just hone in on the craft at home, beautiful thing. I found balance, it's freaking tight. Mm -hmm. And then this vape shop topic came along of course, I'm about business. I want to learn about running a retail shop, especially during a struggling time in the world, right? Some of the most amazing companies came out of the last recession in 2008. Uber, a bunch of other things, they came out during that time. And as history shows, when things come down, things come back up, right? And the people who have put in the work, put in the time, and strategically made the moves to create something sustainable through any situation any depression any recession any pandemic like things will come up again so i'm curious um to learn and progress in this way however it has been challenging if i want to continue training at the intensity of beyond an olympic level of breaking right and when i say beyond olympic level that means there's like whether this olympic topic exists in the breaking world or not i'm still going to be breaking I still want to compete at the highest level I can. And it's not so much to validate myself anymore like I was in my teenage breaking years, but more so if I want to teach kids and I want to teach the future generation of breaking and share all my content with future creators, I want to be able to execute what I do at the highest level I possibly can so I can teach at the highest level I can. But during this transition period in the 32 days we've been open, my schedule of waking up at 5.45 has like diminished from 5.45, crawling back into bed and getting up at 6 to 6.30 to 7, 8.30 sometimes, one time at 9 o'clock, and I feel like I'm running late. I feel like I'm losing my time. I feel like I was getting so much anxiety, getting back into this feeling of anxiety, wanting to scratch my hair out. Um, making my eczema flare up on my elbow, um, eating poorly, and I'm noticing that my body and my moves are hurting again versus getting a full seven to eight hours of rest, budgeting my time, focusing on my financial clarity, focusing on DJing. It was just kind of slowly diminishing because I really wanted to focus and invest my time into building the foundation for the shop with the family. But yeah basically up until maybe i don't know last few days i accepted and i'm still there's still some resistance that okay maybe i won't get to wake up at 5 45 because going back to doing what i know i need to do in order to reach my goal i gotta get those seven hours in like for some people they can operate on four some people can operate on five but if i want to continue breaking at the intensity that i desire i think i gotta get seven hours of sleep and I got to budget my time and I got to figure out how to look at the long term time frame of all of the projects I'm working on. 
there's a few things I have on my plate are I have me serving like my personal relationship with God and then being a human <laughs> and then focusing on health and then focusing on self-expression right and the reason I want to do self like self ex express myself through movement through music is so I can do so I can live on my own terms to serve my family friends and community in the way that I want and from there those, those are kind of my priorities those are my priorities and once I know that I'm working on those I can tangibly if that's a word manage them or budget them throughout the week throughout the month and figure out how long I should be investing my time to each of those topics um, and yeah I'm still figuring out the burnout thing I bet man I mean <laughs> I, I want to just acknowledge that even throughout all this stuff you've gone up and down but it seems like you've bounced back within a matter of days and you've continued to for the most part I mean maintain a schedule which is I mean like you said mo would be unsustainable for most human beings so I want to acknowledge your, your hard work for that and I mean it's kind of like what Gary Vee says like he, he's a proponent of sleep like he'll sleep for eight hours yeah 10 hours sometimes but he'll go hard when he's awake mm -hmm. right so making it's, making sure that the quality of your days and your hours are yeah. are all there he he said it so well it's like it's not how late you stay up it's and it's not how many hours you're awake right and it's not how many how less what's the what how little how little sleep you get it's like what you get done in the day yeah right if most of your day is spent scrolling through your feed or if most of your day is spent watching fight videos or watching things that probably make you angry or bring toxicity into your life and you're not probably you're most likely not going to produce the results that you want right versus getting that full eight hours and really really focusing on each of the things you want to do like mm -hmm. i really want just random thought i want to focus on breathing as you mentioned that 15 minutes of just focusing on breathing that's so hard when i'm going on runs or i'm on my jogs i try to execute 10 full breaths on my jog yeah and just focus on counting one i lose track by six i lose yeah. track by five mm -hmm. just natural. because yeah another thought will pop in so thinking of 15 minutes, that's crazy, man. It's natural. Well, let me, let me, <laughs> yeah, that's a high level skill. Let me, let me close this off uh, since we're running out of time. Yeah. But to say, to, to preface that you don't, or not to preface, but to address that, what you just said, it's not the meditation is not the act of mastering breathing to the point where you don't think about anything because it's, it's natural human behavior to have thoughts occur. Right. So you shouldn't beat yourself up about that because that happens to everybody, mm. including masters. The, the practice is not to eliminate thinking. It's to recenter yourself. Yeah. when thinking occurs because a lot of the times when we're focusing we just get lost and we don't even realize it when you start thinking about another topic it's not like you have identified oh yeah i'm thinking about another topic it just happens so meditation is the act of combating not combating that but recentering yourself after you do that because when you're when you're thinking and you're breathing you're just or when, when you're breathing and a thought occurs and you're meditating then you can identify like oh thinking and you note it down and you go back to your breath so meditation is quite it's still not it's getting better i think the information about it is coming out but i do want to push that because i i honestly do think that that has been the number one most 
effective practice I've adopted in my life in the last three or four years. That is saying something really heavy. Like of all the things I've started doing, drones, 3D printing, breaking, like meditation is, is honestly probably the one I've, I've, I've experienced the most change from um, something so simple, which is wild. So, I mean, that's, I just want to close it up. I do want to uh, leave the last few minutes to answering questions in case we had any. I'm not sure if we have any because we, 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 we put a story out on Instagram. So we'll see if we have any questions. If not, and you're listening to this right now, feel free to leave questions on anchor.fm slash crossroads. You'll be able to leave your voice messages there. We'll be able to answer your questions. Yeah. Whether you have any, because Nico and I will be showing up on this show a lot more. So if you guys have any questions and let us know. Uh, by Chatla Rahul. Kai, name your favorite B-boys. <laughs> by who? Uh, Chatla Rahul. He asked me or or just you? And uh, we're, we're both answering he, the question. He, he's asking Oh, us. my favorite B-boys. Okay, Taisuke. Tight. He's been my uh, my hero since I was in high school. He's still my. <laughs> it's been like three or four years. Uh, he's still my screensaver on my Mac. Dude, that guy's freaking <laughs> sick. He was my screensaver in when I was twelve. Really? Yeah. All right, there you go, man. Taisuke, I love go. you. I don't know if you'll be able to meet you anytime soon, but one day. And when we do, I hope we're able to understand each other to some extent. Because yes. that would suck if we couldn't. Dude, I should probably learn some Japanese. Dude, funny story. When the BC1 All-Stars and Rockstrike or Ronnie, you're listening to this. Um, when you guys first went on tour at, yeah, first Red Bull BC1 tour ever in 2011. One of my crewmates, Rhino, told me and my crewmate, Jimmy, also known as 2U4U, that the BC1 All-Stars are in San Diego. So they're at Armory. They're at the Armory store by Cross in downtown my crewmate peter he brought us down there and we got to meet taisuke hong ten mm. ronnie hey. um who else was there rocks right and i was so nervous i was like 14 or 15 and i knew the answer to this because i he was my screensaver taisuke was my screensaver so i already stalked him like crazy i go up to him nervously and i'm asking i knew the answer already how many years have you been breaking? And then he told me. And then I was like, fuck, why'd I ask that? <laughs> I can't, how I many, can't, what, I can't what even remember. Oh, you can't even remember. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy how they might actually listen to this because Ronnie was a guest on this podcast. And yeah. he was amazing. Thank you, Ronnie, for being on this. And shout out to Ronnie. Hopefully, Ronnie, we'll get the others yeah, on too. Ronnie, thank you for putting okay. me on. Should we move on to the next yeah, one? Yeah, I got one more to? quick one. Okay. Oh, by J-Track. How have y'all been? Just generally speaking. I'm doing good. Thank you. You? Generally, I'm blessed to say that I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. That's all, right. all my questions. I got two good questions, actually. All right. First one is from our number one is B-Boy Roach. What's up, Roach? Roach. Shout out. How do you envision the podcast going forward? Slash, what new ideas have you been planning? You want to take that on first? Can you repeat that question one last time? The store is about to open, so Tiana is texting me. How Sorry. do you envision the podcast going forward? Slash, what new ideas have you been planning? Ooh, Kai has the good response for this. But as far as I know and feel, um, we were in talks beginning of Corona season that we were going to launch a micro podcast. So in order to just get more content out and get more feet, get more features and just speak to the community more often. Um, in addition to Kai's long form podcast with... Uh, I almost said like the big names, but of course, both of them are going to have big names. He was going to run the long form podcast once a week, every two weeks. Once a week. 
and then I was gonna run a mini podcast, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So that one was so exciting. yeah. You can expect the micro podcast hopefully sometime in the near future. But um, in terms of what else we talked about for shaping the podcast, a few things. So um, the crossroads. If you notice our mission statement, it is to basically awaken the full potentials within our listeners through the stories of unique and accomplished individuals. In nowhere does that say breaking. Even though we're both rooted in breaking, and those are our foundations and our bread and butter, we want to make sure that we cover all the ground of individuals who basically you look at and you're like, whoa, how do they physically, how is that possible? You know, they're, they're showing you, like the mission statement, right? My mission statement. They're showing you what's truly capable, what you can truly be capable of, what a human is truly capable of. Because I feel like it's those stories that have inspired me the most. So I want to be able to bring those out within our circles and beyond and share those with people. So whether that be professional drone pilots or business owners, um, musicians, we want to be able to interview a more diverse array of people so that you can get a better idea. And we do want to hear from you who you want to hear on the podcast. So feel free to send those into anchor.fm slash crossroads as well. Sick. Yeah. And um yeah, we're also, another thing is that we're hoping to, to put out more content on Instagram and stuff. So we want to be able to put that on uh, social media. So if you're interested in working for The Crossroads, we are looking for help. So hit us up. Yeah, we need more help getting more written form content. We need help with the editing process. Oh, yeah. Um, hopefully you're savvy in Adobe Premiere. Yeah. If you're looking to improve your writing skills or editing or filmmaking, we will be more than happy to teach you. So you, you'll be able to learn while creating. So hit us up. It'll be worth it. Trust me. Sweet. All right. Let's popcorn last. This, this last one. Oh, do you have one? More? Oh, yeah. Last one. Here we go. Yeah. This is from Kevin Vo. Yo, Kevin Vo. He's a crazy B-boy. Um, what's up, Kevin? What do you guys both wish you would have said to your younger selves? Don't be in denial of all of your feelings. Don't be in denial of your current situation. But work to be bigger than your situation. If an opportunity doesn't exist, exist, create one. Um, another thing is you don't know everything. Another thing is manage <laughs> your time. Another thing is manage your money. Another <laughs> thing is slap yourself for being so impulsive, but then you can give yourself a hug afterwards. Um, also, uh, really invest in yourself. Invest in your time, invest in your craft, invest in diversifying your skills and keep journaling to understand your why. Yeah. And I think that you covered mine, which is find your why, because it's a key to your growth. And don't forget to reflect. That would be mine. So good questions, you guys. Thank you. Um, Well, I think that wraps it up. And you can expect us to be here next week. And we got for that. Let's do it for that. Yeah, this is Kai and Nico, your partners for the Crossroads. Signing off. Until next time. Peace. What is up, you guys? It's Kai again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Crossroads. Your listenership makes all this work worth it. Please don't forget to follow us on Instagram at thecrossroadz underscore or visit us at anchor.fm slash crossroads. There, you can leave a voice message or questions for future episodes. And if you really enjoy the content, you can even become an Anchor supporter. By donating a small monthly fee, whether that be a dollar or $5 a month, we will give you a shout out on all future episodes of The Crossroads. And if you're short on cash and can't donate, no worries, we feel you. You can still support the show in the best way possible by sharing The Crossroads with a friend. 
That way you will not only be supporting us by bringing us new valuable listenership, but by helping your friends gain new knowledge. Hope to hear from you soon, you guys. Take care till next time.